Hey, what's going on, guys? Phil here, and we are back with Podcast 213. I have the only Lord Commander himself, Mitch Gittleman. Is that pronounced? Is that, is that, is that correct? That was perfect. Perfect? Okay, just making sure. I just wanted to... Gittleman. No. The Lord, the Lord Commander. Brilliant. Yeah. How are you doing, sir? Yeah. I'm happy to be alive. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, alive. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit... Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit crazy, man. Like uh, the world we live in, but uh, yeah, that's, that's life, right? So well, doing game development from home is a different animal, right? You know, you it's know. it's so weird because uh, like it's it's crazy. Yeah, I was gonna say like I've been remote, I guess, for since I started all this. So I've always just been remote, and and right. I guess the sort of online yeah. perspective. How has that been? Well, before we even go down that route, because um, sure, first off how are you doing and how is the family doing like how has this been for you guys as far as oh, the, the covid right. and being at home together yeah yeah well i'm very lucky you know i have a job well, let's start there i have a job and i have a job that i can do from home it's harder from home but i can do it um and you know running a studio is hard being a game director is hard Doing both at the same time is hard. Doing it from home where everybody's remote, okay, that's double secret hard. And then everything else, including, you know, I don't know if you knew, out here in Seattle, there were all of these wildfires in yeah. Washington and in California. And there was time we were doing this milestone for a new game we're not going to talk about. But uh, we were trying to deliver this milestone, right? And we can't breathe. You know, you can't, you know, it's like, okay, you're stuck at home. We can't even go outside. And there are people wearing their COVID masks in their houses because smoke was getting into their houses. It's just one thing after another. But uh, the studio's doing well. My team's doing well. I'm fine because I'm a little energizer bunny who drinks. And uh, and the family's cool. My whole family moved back in with me. <laughs> I, I had gotten rid of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I meant they had all moved on and then they all moved back in for a while. And then, okay, everybody's back out again. Uh, one of my kids is here temporarily, but uh, all in all good. And I got a, I got a huge dog uh, who keeps me company all day, every day. You know, I'm yeah. doing fine. Thanks for asking. Oh, I mean, like I said, it's, it's affected us all. I mean, you know, like, oh yeah my wife lost her job and then had to find another job. And then like, I mean, all of this, yeah. I mean, you, whether you've had family members, yeah. we've had, we've had family members that have passed away, you know, and stuff. So it's just one of those things where it's, it's affected everyone. And, uh, obviously you, you guys live, uh, in, uh, the Pacific Northwest and the wildfire is obviously affecting you, which I think, I mean, it's, not surprising just because there's woods everywhere, but it's also surprising because of yeah. how big it was, right? And the impact and, and just yeah, the scale of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just one thing after another. And yet, I mean, it's a really good group that I work with. Really good group. Tight group and stuff. And we've hired like over 20 people during COVID uh -huh. even because we're expanding, you know, Battletech, we were all one team. Now we've got two teams. Sure. We're working on two things simultaneously. So imagine joining a game company, you know, having never actually physically even sh shaken hands with anybody. It's just, you know, it's just wild. But yeah. Uh, yeah, one step at a time, put one foot in front of the other. 
and we just do it. And like I said, you know, we're luckier than a lot of people and we know. And so we don't whine much because we know, you know, there are people out there really hurting. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've known you or uh, for a few years, we got to meet a few times at Metcon and obviously we've had podcasts before, but I feel like I would like to maybe take a step back further for the audience here because I I'm generally curious about you and where you came from. So like, obviously I joke around a lot about like Mech Commander and me knowing you for Mech Commander. Can you take me before that journey? Like, were you already in games development? Who were you working for? How did Jordan Wiseman and you link up? I don't think I've ever actually had that story. The story? Oh, buckle up, honey. Because it goes back almost 30 years now. Yeah. Right? So let's see let's start this way once upon a time (laughs) in uh sorry in chicago in the very early 90s i was um a management trainer right i traveled the midwest doing what they call stand-up training i would teach classes on how to manage people performance management interviewing skills stuff like that and but i had always been into uh, role-playing games, paper and pencil games. And I had, you know, uh, worked off and on for some game companies doing event type things and running, running games, you know, sort of professionally, like the official demos and stuff. And I fell in, uh, with, uh, Mayfair games. They do, um, Settlers of Catan. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, back, we have at, that. back at, yeah, but ba- back at that time they were doing role-playing games. Right. And a friend of mine, was in the head of R&D there and he conceived of this really cool role-playing game called Underground. You guys should look it up. It's the very first color role-playing game. Gotcha. Like, I remember back when role-playing games were just black and black white. And white. And, yeah, okay. yeah. So it was the first four color role-playing game. That was one of its claims to fame and on slick paper. And it was a really cool game. And so I helped develop that game. And then I wrote a couple of the supplements, you know, the, the key supplements that came out for that game. It was really, really cool and very, very forward thinking and dark. Oh, man, it was dark. But anyway, while we were and that was 93 that came out. OK. And while we were doing that, this guy who is in who is in charge of R&D, he said, you know, we should get into video games. Like, Why? Because like, they need people like us. And, you know there's probably a career path there and stuff like that. I'm like, okay. And I mean, really, okay, sure. Let's do that. Um, And so we went to the consumer electronics show. There was no such thing as any game development shows. There was no such thing as anything. E3 didn't exist. Nothing existed, but we went to the consumer electronics show in Chicago and uh, we didn't pay to get in. What we did was we no, went to the I don't know why that before the web. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is before the web. Before the web. Yeah. The, you know, it's like, ow, this this whole story is starting to get painful already. It's all right. Just but, well, we get we went there and we got the guidebook, right? Of all of the people all of the companies that were at the show. That's why we went. And we got the guidebook and we went home and we made a trifold brochure of what our company could do for your company. Right. Our freelance 
uh, game development company, uh, game design company. It was complete fabricated bullshit. We made up a name for the company. We had business cards that we, 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 this is back when desktop publishing was first invented. Right. right. And so we got one of the very first color printers ever made. And we started just making these brochures and we sent them out to 70 video game companies. And we said, hey, we're going to be at the summer uh, consumer electronics show in Las Vegas. Um, and uh, we'd like to meet with you. We sent 70 companies and exactly 10% returned. Seven, seven companies said, yeah, we'd be happy to meet with you. We, okay. And so <laughs> we flew out to Las Vegas. And uh, that's a story in, in and of itself. But went out there and I just started bullshitting. I mean, it was just, oh my God. I knew absolutely nothing about video game development, but I was kind of the pitch guy. I was sure. kind of the face guy. What can my company do for you? And uh, one of those companies was Sony. Okay. And uh, they were working on a 3D game. And uh, for an unannounced video game platform. And so they gave us um, a bunch of money to write a treatment. You know, we have an idea, they said, we have an idea for a game and it's already sort of up and running, but tell us what you would do with this. And we wrote a 60 page sort of outline. This is what this game could be about. We wrote it in a weekend. Wow, okay. Right? And they paid us a lot of money for a weekend's worth of work, whatever. And uh, it was a good negotiation. And we sent it in and we never heard anything back, just sort of crickets. And this is Sony Interactive Europe. And then one day I'm like, what is the deal with these guys? So I call them, they're nine hours ahead. I had to wait until like midnight, one in the morning. I call them, they're like, I said, what did you think? It's like, what, you're not making the game? Like, no, you actually need to give us like a contract. You need to say yes. You know, they're yeah. like, uh-oh. <laughs> The group that we were with were kind of buffoons. But anyway, it was a, you know, a studio, kind of like Hairbrained Schemes that was owned by Sony, but it's still officially Sony. Anyway, they said, well, I guess you should come out here and let's talk about it. Go to Japan? England. Oh, okay. Right. Sony Interactive Europe. Okay. And so I fly to England uh, with my partner. I've told this story before, but I'll try and be brief. But basically, we were in Wales. Okay. We're literally in the Shire, right? And uh, I mean, literally in the Shire. His house is built into the hill. All right. right? Three windows in the front. That's my the people. Whole yeah. Bag yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's cool as hell. Yeah. It's absolutely cool. And we're taking a walk with this Irish wolfhound, which is bigger than me. <laughs> and we're taking a walk in the neighborhood. And we ended up in this goat pasture. And <laughs> I'm standing in sheep shit and goat shit. I'm literally just standing in shit. And he goes, so how much? I said, how much what? How much for you to quit your jobs and do this full time, you know, on a contract? Wow. And we had sort of fantasized about what if they sure. pay this? What's our number? And so um, I threw that number away and I like doubled it. I just doubled it. And I said, I gave him the number. He goes, well, <laughs> He goes, that, that's more than I make. And I said, yeah, but we're the talent. And he goes, 
done. And he holds out his hand for me to shake it. And I immediately shake it before anything can happen. Good. Thank you. Could I talk to my partner alone for a minute? And he goes back into bag end. And I turn to my friend who's literally shaking. He's six foot six. And he's shaking. He's, what did you do, man? I said, I got us a lot of money. And then suddenly, like, it dawns on me. I said, hey, um, what's a pixel? <laughs> and he oh, tells man. me what a pixel is. I'm like, all right, I've heard the word polygon. What's a polygon? And he explains that. I'm like, all right, we're fucked. And that's how I got into video games. That's it. That's And that was for a PlayStation 1. It was super secret. Um, and, uh, and I was off to the races. So I did that. I designed that in 94, 95 era. Okay. Right. Uh, that came out in Europe only pretty much, but it got five-star reviews for its innovative design. What was it? Can, are you, I don't mind saying it. It was, you know, it was called sentient S E N T I E N T. Okay. It was, it was pretty cool and whack as hell. It's hard to, okay. You know, from a high level design point of view, you went, wow, there's a lot of really good thinking in that, you know, from an execution point of view, well, there's something else. But anyway, did that. It came out, it got five star from Edge Magazine, which was like the magazine at the time. It was like, holy crap, Edge gave us five stars. And then they ported it to PC and brought it to America and it tanked and it got <laughs> trashed. And it was like, this is a chunk of crap. Anyway, so that was then. And that was again, freelance. And then um, due to stuff, we didn't get another contract out of them. And that's when my wife says, uh, I don't mind you being a game developer, do whatever you want. But you know, this whole freelance thing, cause I missed a mortgage payment. It's uh -huh. like, okay, let's not miss mortgage payments. Yeah. Do anything you want. Just don't miss mortgage that's, payments. That's a good, that's a, a good rule. Yeah, that's a good rule of law. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it was law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had met my wife. Yeah, that was law. So, um, so I got a job making children's games. Okay. At a company in Chicago, in downtown Chicago. And uh, I was doing Where's Waldo? You know, I was doing Where's Waldo sort of teaches history. That was the thing. And then we also did these things called, we called Sillywood games. I don't know if you've ever heard about mm -hmm. these. Yeah. All right. So this is back when CD-ROMs were invented, right? Yeah. CD is like, oh my God, the innovation. Yeah. It was a CD-ROM game. And once we got CD-ROM technology, then people started making games with real live actors. Yeah. Right. And doing that kind of stuff. You may have heard of something called Night Trap and some other things that were horribly exploitive, terrible games. And we were making those. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I made one based on the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Eraser. Okay. Right. Uh, hey, kids out there in uh, TV land or whatever, look it up. Eraser. It was called Eraser Turnabout. And look for the, uh, for the YouTube trailer. It's okay. worth your time. <laughs> I tried to take my name off of it. Oh, really? <laughs> I actually used bad? the word Alan, Alan Smithy. Have you ever heard this? Alan Smithy is directors in Hollywood. When they don't want to put their name on a movie, they, they put in the name Alan Smithy. Oh, wow. And in the credits, I put Alan Smithy in there. <laughs> and the CEO found out that didn't go well for me. Uh, <laughs> and he put my name back in, but not with my real title, with whatever he said my title was, yeah. which was not kind. Anyway, we parted ways. Uh, 
around that. He also cheated me out of five grand. But anyway, um, yeah, you don't you don't hold grudges. Better. Yeah, nothing, no. uh, motherfucker. But yeah. anyway, uh, around that time, uh, you know, I lived in a neighborhood. Is this the level of detail you want, man? I just, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm just waiting for the Jordan Wise I, again. Yeah. Oh I'm yeah. Just, well, here's where we yeah, here's no. where Jordan comes in. All right. So I've never heard any of this. This is why I wanted to know. Now, around this era, it's the best, you know, because at this point, I don't know what time is anymore. But around this era, I'm first of all, I met Jordan when I was 15. And he was, if I was 15, he was 20. I was 16. He was 21, I think, at Gen Con. All right. We met at Gen Con. He ran me through a demo for the last Starfighter game. It was unbelievably cool. Like this guy at 21, he was better than everybody else at Gen Con that yeah. I had met. He knew his shit. He had, it was cool. This was before um, Battletech. This was before uh, Shadowrun. You know, they had just come off of making um, uh, Star Trek, the role-playing game. They did Doctor Who, the role-playing game. And, but they really started with uh, Traveler. Right, okay. making maps for Traveler. That was that's how they just sort of started making stuff. Anyway, we met there, and then hadn't seen each other for a while. And then later on, and then you know because of, I I put out that game Underground the same year he put out a game. God, I don't remember what it was, but I remember it was the same year that White Wolf put out Wraith the Oblivion. Again, it was like '93, yeah. and that's the same year, by the way, that. Um, Magic the Gathering came out. So we're all at Gen Con and we could all see each other, right? Everybody could see each other. All of our booths were like facing each other. Just this weird moment in time and nobody's coming to our booths and we're debuting brand new games. This is where most of your uh, revenue comes from. It's actually a Gen Con because it's direct. Sure. You don't have to go through retailers and distributors and stuff. So this is a really big deal. You launch a game. This is where you make a lot of money but nobody is coming to our booths and they're all like walking through the floor of Gen Con through the dealer's area past us. And they're going to the wizards of the coast booth to buy magic, the gathering. gathering yeah. And we're all looking at each other with our jaws up and like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. You know, and, and then we found out the hard way and you know, it was bad for business. Let me tell yeah. you, it was real bad for business. Anyway, in the era that I'm talking about now, um, that's when Jordan, again, at that consumer electronics show, was uh, showing uh, the Battletech pods, right? And they were like made of wood and stuff, and they were unpainted, or maybe they were like light gray, you sure. know, like like in your garage, because literally in his garage, yeah. he had made it. You know, he's actually kind of a handy guy. Yeah. He, he actually like knows how to use power Ma He made those. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he was part of it for sure. And... So he's very crafty. Um, anyway, those were going well, and those were picking up steam and stuff. And that's when the Disney family started investing in it. David Bowie was interested in it. Oh wow! I think they, I think Bowie did invest actually. Now that I think about it, yeah. You know. Anyway, uh, the BattleTech Center in Chicago was a real big deal. Yeah. And that's where we both. I were. didn't. I never got to go. I never, I was too young. Oh, I in, yeah. Dude. I never, I, yeah. I never got to experience that. It was really special. Yeah. It was truly special because everybody's dressed up, yeah. you know, in black fatigues and stuff. Yeah. You walk in and it's an experience, you know, it's yeah. location-based entertainment. 
Yeah. So it's not just like a video game where you walk up, you go through an orientation. Yeah. Oh, Nick Warriors, listen up the whole bit, you know. Yeah. There's a video up there, a training video. I think it, by that time it was with Jim Belushi. Yeah, the yeah. No Guts, No Galaxy. Yeah. That's, yeah, right, right, I've right. seen that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, Jim lived nearby and he used to come. That's crazy. Because he just loved, loved it. the Battletech yeah. Center. And he just volunteered. I'll do a video. I don't even think they paid him. That's that's awesome. He just did it because he was cool. Yeah. You know. Um, and and for those that are listening, you can just go to YouTube and just Google uh, Belushi Battletech. Yeah. It, like, I remember me and Darren watched it and it was just like, you know. And then, yeah, then it's no guts, no galaxy. And that's yeah. where are <laughs> oh, There were posters on the yeah. wall. It, huge floor to ceiling posters that said no guts, no galaxy. Gosh. And like at that age too, my age, like I would have been so engrossed because I was engrossed at like age 12 to 13 let alone if i'd been nine and walk in and you could get in these pods to experience i would have been like you know this is before anything like it existed yeah you know it was like 16 pods all networked together you know and uh look we told the investors 16 pods. it's kind of hard to explain there's a long story there there were definitely eight that were networked together <laughs> uh and then i think one night for a demo it sort of faked 16 but that's another story completely yeah. You know, Weissman was a showman, or is a showman. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, there's no past tense to Jordan Weissman on, on the showmanship thing. Anyway, so we were talking about, you know, because I was in retail at the time and doing, you know, I ran uh, Chicago for Blockbuster Video, right? I ran all of Chicago. And he's like, you know, I'd like you to run the virtual world centers, like all around the country and around sure. the world. Yeah. Right? Wow. And we were talking about that and... That was a whole, there's a whole story there. But anyway, so we were flirting with working together for years. Because gotcha. one of the first things I did when I got in the pod at the Consumer Electronics Show, the very first time, and this was the first time Weissman got a real taste to Gittleman, you know, like, yeah, you're UI. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? Because at the time, there were two joysticks, you know, I mean, there were foot pedals and joysticks and multifunctional displays and, and a throttle and all that, but it was two joysticks. And in order to torso twist, you turned both joysticks at the same time. Anyway, the interface was kind of a mess, which is a through line of Jordan's games. <laughs> you know, it's like, we're going to hire people for that now. Gotcha. But, yeah. uh, that's what happened to Mechanator also, but that's another story. Um, but we'll get there, I guess, because yeah. that's what we're here for. Yeah. Anyway, so we were flirting around. But anyway, when I when I finally told uh, the CEO of that company uh, that I was leaving, uh, without profanity, this is, well, I've always been a high profanity guy, but that was like, I thought professionalism said, don't go fuck yourself. So I didn't, I didn't, but inside I was doing that. And so all of the game developers, paper and pencil game developers, because really video game developers didn't really exist yet all the video paper and pencil game developers uh in chicago a lot of them lived in the same neighborhood okay right and so i lived uh, a couple of blocks away from tom dowd and tom was one of the creators of vampire the masquerade and uh shadow run right okay. and he worked peripheral peripherally on BattleTech too and he left fasa eventually to work for fasa interactive on Mech Commander, he was actually the lead designer of Mech Commander. And although nobody knew Mech Commander existed at the time, it was a secret sure. project. And I, I told Tom, yeah, uh, screw this. And he's like, let me talk to Jordan. And so Tom 
got me an interview with Jordan and uh, Jordan had a real cool office space in a really bad neighborhood. <laughs> like it was this cool warehouse that they had sort of kitted out to look kind of battle techy and stuff. It was two floors, exposed brick. It was everything you want from a cool office space. Sure. It was the single coolest office space I've ever worked in for before or since just glorious because they had eight, pods network together too so after work we would all go down and play play, yeah right you know so that was just awesome and so uh i went to work there um on crimson skies okay yeah you ever heard of crimson skies yeah it wasn't called crimson skies at the time uh it was originally called corsairs okay and it was supposed to be another game for the pods right it's like okay let's use these pods for other things and we can rotate things through keep it fresh Jordan had already done some work on that, but I was brought in to be the lead designer on what became eventually Crimson Skies. And um, it was just my jam, right? It was sort yeah. of that era, kind of pulpy, sort of World War II-y, sort of a pre-World War II. That was sort of my jam at the time. And so, and Jordan and I just sort of, we found out very quickly, we just spoke the same language. We thought a lot alike we were just like instantly like simpatico that way i think that's the right word choice it just it just was yeah you know i also pissed him off like hard sometimes because my design feedback at the time was very harsh yeah (laughs) not like now no filter uh, yeah yeah not now yeah you know what's not a good idea when you're working directly for the creator of the company you know not to have a filter you might want to think about that it yeah. I never changed, but it was an idea. That could create some some tension. But I mean, I think... Oh, just temporarily. They, he's so cool. It's very Seriously. rare to, to have a work, like a, a bond like that, I think, with people. I mean, to be fair, like where, especially yeah. in the working environment, you know, where you just, everything clicks and yeah. you get over yeah. whatever, you know, little things. We could talk shorthand quickly. You know what I mean? Remember that thing in that movie? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you type it yeah. out. It was just like that. And it's still like that, you know. And so, but when during the interview, I've told this before, but uh, with him in the room, you know, during the interview, I said, uh, you know, cool, Jordan, I, I love this idea. You know, I'd love to work on this game. Just please don't put me on Battletech. He's like, why? I said, because Battletech's fucking stupid, Jordan. Giant walking <laughs> robots. It's just stupid. He's like, all right, fine. Three months later, I'm on Battletech. <laughs> Yeah. Right. We took the idea for Crimson Skies and we shelved it. Right. Because Mech Commander had been going on and development was kind of fraught, you know, as happens in video games, especially this era. Nobody knows how to make video games in this yeah. era. I mean, you're practically rubbing sticks and stones together or something. Well, especially you know. on the PC, right? I mean, the idea of like consoles, Nintendo obviously been around for a little bit in Atari before that and all that, but like console wise PlayStation is, I don't know if was the Xbox out. No, no, I don't think no, Xbox no, 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 no. Was that no, wasn't until part of 90, that later. That's yeah. 99. That's my... Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no, was it it was later than that even the no, no, Xbox? no, it was later than that. I joined, I joined Microsoft in 1999. They weren't talking about the Xbox until maybe 2000. 2000 okay. 2000, 2000. Right. Yeah. 2000. Yeah, yeah. That, that may be right. Yeah. So yeah, that was actually, uh, so you've 
stumbled upon you, you you met jordan early when you were 15 16 ish uh you, you go forward in time you're working for blockbuster managing the stores there uh and then this opportunity you leave that and you have an interview and he wants you to handle the the management if you will of, of yeah. maybe the pods the virtual world centers and then they were called at the time now you're looking at doing uh crimson skies i i for some odd reason like this rings a bell of like even like Mech 3 and MSN Gaming Zone, I remember something about Crimson Skies being on MSN Gaming Zone or like it was going to be on MSN Gaming Zone. Oh, uh, gee. I don't know so, if it was. Uh, well, you're skipping forward in time, but eventually... Because you're talking told... about like 93, 94, is that when you're talking no, about? No, no, no. 93, 94 is when I was doing paper and pencil role-playing okay. games. And then that, that PlayStation 1 game okay. was 90, okay. 95. Okay, 95. And then, or 94. 95, I was doing Where's Waldo and, okay. the, and, the, and the, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie game and stuff like that. And then after that, like 96-ish, I think, that's when I joined FASA Interactive. Okay. And okay. was working on Crimson Skies. And then soon afterwards, I started working on Mech Commander. There was kind of a change of management sure. to Mech Commander I took over. Um, did you play Mech 2 at all? Mech Warrior 2? Yeah. Sure, of course. How do you not play Mech Warrior I'm 2? Just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, there are people yeah, out yeah, there, yeah. like, you know, um, because it was, no, it was no, a huge no. hit on the PlayStation as well. Like, I remember, like, I didn't have it on the PlayStation. I, I didn't get into it till years later. Um, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. When it came out, Work stopped at our office. All the game developers, well, crowded around one guy's desk because he was the only one that had a 3D accelerator card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, God, and he got Mech 2. It was bundled with those cards. That's why Mech 2 was such a big hit was because it sold well, but also it was bundled yeah. with 3D cards at the time. And so you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting Mech Command, Mech, Mech Warrior 2, yeah. right? And so we're all gathered around his desk, you know, and like, all right, my turn, give me the joystick. Yeah. And so I didn't play it at home because I couldn't afford it. Yeah. You yeah. know, but I played it at work and we all played it at work. Yeah. Okay. So you got, um, you said three months later, you got assigned to Battletech because there was some development, whatever going on with Crimson Skies. Was that for Mech Commander? Yeah, that was Mech Commander. And Mech Commander um, had been in development for some time, but it was never focused, right? Um, the opening cinematic was just about done. I love uh, it. And it was, oh man, it's, it's still, still one of my favorite. Tears. Yeah, it's, it's still one fantastic. of my favorite. I, think I wish that I had made it, you know. Oh. Tom actually was one of the writers on it, the guy I was telling you about that helped me get the job uh, with Jordan. Uh, yeah, the head of marketing, um, uh, Joel Maychak actually directed that thing. Uh, it was really very good. It and was the the graphics were made by the same people who actually did Mech Commander. We didn't outsource that, right? Yeah, I mean the the it it is to this day my favorite BattleTech game to date. Like I I've said this multiple times, not to blow smoke up your ass. Uh, I yeah, like what it, it is to man. me. I, I, like I, I, I played so thousands of hours. Like. Like uh, I've played the missions so many times, the expansion as well. Um, it was to me, it was like giving you a real sense of like uh, obviously not in the cockpit, but like a real sense of what the universe was. And I always wanted to see more. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna be uh, like 
Mech Commander 1 and the DLC was uh, not well, DLC expansion at the time. Um, yeah. DLC. Future uh, text. That was uh, me too. I'll tell you, I got a long history. I yeah. shipped the first DLC on console, but so anyway, keep going. You, you got, it was pretty different than what I guess normal like art, like because it's a real time strategy, but it's not resource based. Like, right. We called it real time tactics. Tactics, yes. Uh, so let, let dive into that a little bit. Like, what was the what was your thinking? Like, what were what were you setting out to do? And then, uh, you know, when when you were brought on the team, what was your your role? Like, what were you doing so, to organize all of the stuff and put a plan and go forward? Or sort of, yeah. Um, first of all, I think the vision was pretty much Jordan's, but also the CEO of the company, Denny Thorley, was the executive producer, and. Um, I had nothing to do with the vision of the game. Okay. Right. The vision was in place ish when I got there, but it was kind of chaotic, you know, at that time and in that place, um, there were, I think there were two people on the team that actually had ever made a video game before, maybe oh, three. Wow. Right. There was some lack, there was a lack of wisdom there. But let's move on. No judgment. Just what it is. <laughs> there were some talented people, clearly sure. talented people, but nobody knew how to make a game. And, um, you know, I knew shit. I was one of the more experienced guys. I made it up as I went along. Sure. Right. And so I was hired on as an associate producer, but then basically it's like, okay, you're the producer, you know? And as a matter of fact, at one point during a, uh, a meeting, the CEO said, well, why did, uh, to one of the designers, why did you make this decision? He said, well, that's what my lead designer told me to do. And he's like, who? And he pointed to Tom. He said, Tom. He says, Tom's not the lead designer. And Tom says, I'm not? And he says, no, Mitch is the lead designer. I, said, I am. <laughs> right? <sighs> anyway. There's management and there's management. I learned a ton at that yeah. company about how to run a game company sure. by doing the opposite of what I learned there. Right. And, um, but anyway, so yeah, I focused it is basically, basically what happens. Okay. Like, you know, um, the interface, uh, I hired a guy, uh, who later went on to great, great work at Bungie eventually, but he and I worked together for years. Uh, who now is the design manager at Wizards of the Coast for D&D. The guy I got into the video game business with in the first place that I wrote Underground with, who, who I helped to write Underground. He's now in charge of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. He's the yeah. executive producer. Yeah, it's a fun little uh, cohort that sort of grew up I mean, together. You, you guys are a generation of like, I mean, of that though. I mean, not saying trendsetters, but I mean, you're the platform that, everything else launched from. I mean, really, I mean, all those, the people of that time frame. I mean, you were in the right place, right time, right desire. That's the, that's the right way right, to like, it, right? You know, lucky. Like, yeah, lucky, but I'm saying it's like, lucky. you know, all of this, everything that we see in 2020, as far as the, I mean, it all came down to those individuals in the late 80s, early 90s that were doing the tabletop and the gamings and creating yeah. things and the imagination. Yeah. Uh, the nerds, if you will, to some extent, but then also oh, had the, yeah. but the also to like just say, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Like, I feel like that's a really important, valuable lesson. I don't know, but I'm going to make it up. Yeah. Or, or we're going to make it right. work. It's going to work. We're going to find out. We're going to make it. 
Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I used to say it's a school of hard knocks. There were no such thing as game development schools back yeah. then. There was no full sale or whatever DigiPen. Those just didn't exist. You made it. You learned by doing. You learned yeah. through the school of hard knocks. You but learned through your boss yelling at you. You guys have in Mech Commander uh, and and a, you have features in that that still like uh, for instance uh, I, I know a lot of the older games had that where you'd use uh, you know recorded footage of real life actors right but like the yeah. commander the debrief is still fantastic the that like it's one of those things where there's fundamentally core mechanics that i mean still hold up and i mean the games well command you know. and conquer had done that sure yeah right yeah. right yeah. Tim red Curry alert yeah like command that. and conquer right, all right, those. Right. yeah Starcraft. And that was the same era sure yeah right? and remember the, that live video of actors, that's what I had done at my last company, right? With those games like the Arnold Schwarzenegger sure. games. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. Like that. So yeah, that's what we did. And yeah, and I wrote those. Yeah, they're yeah. fantastic. I like, like we, I mean, to be honest, you, we haven't had any other game, even Mech 3, Mech 4, I mean, well, I guess you had the, the blurps uh, in Mech 4 as far as uh, some video and stuff. Again, sort of similar. Oh, no, like, there, was, there was some good video yeah, stuff in Mech yeah. 4, the opening cinematic. But putting you in the universe of seeing a person, like in an outfit, giving a, uh, I don't know. To me, I'm, I guess I'm biased because it is my favorite, but like I've always felt like it did a really good job. 3 did a great job narrative narration with the, the voice mm -hmm. actor and, mm -hmm. and all that. But um, So Mech Commander came out uh in i think 99 was that is that correct 99 no it's like 97 i think is it hold on we're gonna so. yeah look, yeah we're, we're gonna no i think you're right to do that you should look that up i mean totally just right. because 98 98, 98. 98. yes 98 so microsoft moved this out there in 99 you're right 98 okay that's so right how, how does that work obviously uh back then so you have the developers fastest studios who you work for and then FASA Interactive. Okay. FASA and then Studio was when we went to Microsoft, we became FASA Studio later. Okay. And then right. Microprose and Hasbro, that says uh, right. publisher. well, the publishers. And, it, and is it the same sort of idea as like publishers are your, uh, your backing financially, but also your distribution and your con channels? That's right. Is that yeah. basically the same? Okay. Yeah. Same as, same as now. Okay. Pretty much okay. same as now. Yeah. Um, obviously, did it well enough to where you guys made a more DLC. How was it for you? I mean, were you guys happy with the result? I mean, as far as like sales and, and whatnot, did, did you do projections back then of like, or was it, hey, if we just make these enough, we'll just, like, how was all that back then? At that time, right, you know, I was pretty damn green. Like, I was just making it up as I went along. Um, and I wasn't even that senior in the company. It was so funny. There were senior producers to me. I was the only one who actually shipped. <laughs> you know, everybody else had these highfalutin plans. None of them. Nothing happened. I, yeah. No, the little guy shipped. But um, um, in terms of sales and stuff like that, I wasn't actually privy to that information, yeah. really. Okay. Projections. It, the company wasn't run that way. Okay. You know, the executives were the executives, and that was that. But you know, we were told some sales numbers early with big smiles on their faces. Well, then that, yeah, that you works. know, you know, it's like, hey, look, we did this. And because I was so green, is that good? Yeah. I didn't know. They were smiling. Do we get to make another game? Yes. Yeah. 
that's it. And so the CEO turns to me and says, what do you want to do in Mech Commander 2? You know, that was it. Yeah. Actually, and so we started making a features list for that, but also we had to do Mech Commander Gold. Yep, Desperate know. Measures and the expansion. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so Desperate Measures, Jordan had a uh, real fast, because I, I think this one is, your, you know, this is your wheelhouse. So I'll give you more sort of, you know, um, Mech Commander stories. So while I was finishing Mech Commander, Jordan was actually doing work on what became Desperate Measures. Okay. Right. And just coming and basically he just because the art department had already rolled off most of Mech Commander, you know, he got them working on Mech Commander uh, Desperate Measures. Right. And coming up with sort of the look and feel of that without me. Right. Gotcha. Completely. Just in it, he just handed it to me one day. Said, "Here you go. Here's a whole bunch of art, and here's a whole bunch of. Uh, I think there were new mechs in there. Too, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So here, you know, here's here's some new art, and here's a storyline. You know, and I kind of toss the storyline and just, uh, <laughs> my own. And um, I mean, no, I no, I think I tossed the storyline. I'm pretty sure I did. She's like, yeah, thanks, no, and. Um, and uh, that one was where I had, it was weapons free for me. You know, I did anything I wanted in that sure. one. I came up with the features list, you know, uh, I designed a lot of it myself. I designed all the new UI elements after reading all of the reviews sure. uh, and reading the boards. What was it? Um, dropshipcommand.com yep. was, oh, I love that place. Really yep. great people on dropshipcommand.com. And I was reading all of their forum feedback. And so basically I'm like, oh, I see what's wrong with the game. And then I would just design features based on their feedback, right? Gotcha. Which is a great way of doing it from my perspective. Yeah. I still do it to that to this day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, that was cool. The only thing I was told is make an editor. That was the only requirement on me. Ship an editor. And I was told a 15-year-old needs to be able to make Mech Commander missions with this editor. Yeah, that's... That's pretty revolutionary too. I mean, you, I mean, going skipping forward to when you guys did one for like Shadowrun, but mm. it's a it's a huge undertaking, and and uh, obviously, yeah. I think it spoiled a few of us because like it's the same thing we expected like with BattleTech or Mech Five, you know, like Mech Five. Like, why don't you just have a, a an editor? Oh, why don't you what, just, yeah, yeah, why don't yeah, you yeah. just? It, it's it's you did it before. Like, it can't be that. And it's like you know they have no idea, but Completely the exponential more yeah, difficulty yeah. that it's yeah. yeah. So. Um, how was it behind the scenes as far as the technical perspective? Like, because you guys took 3D models for the mechs that were animated and then you created sprites. And a lot of people may not realize that those were 3D models that you then, and we did some testing, uh, with it a few years ago of, and then you would, you basically every frame as the, as you know, 16 directions and then the torsos and then you, uh, the, the arms uh, were um, copied as well because like a left, you could just flip it and then you know, all that stuff. From a technical perspective, how difficult was that? That actually happened before I got onto okay. the project. Okay. Um, but my understanding of it, and one of the technical directors on there for art, this guy named Jamie Marshall, who's left the game industry uh, many years ago very talented guy and uh the lead uh animator is a guy named todd labonte and todd is a brilliant animator he's still doing he's in movies now he's done 
whole bunch yeah. of movies you've seen, like cats and dogs and stuff like the that. The animations are great. Anime. They're organic. Oh, oh, they're flow. Oh. Like, yeah, you still like, look, I still like them. And I'm like, ah, why can't we have that? You know, like, yeah. Yeah. You can. Yeah. You can. If you have the right you know. people. Yeah. It was pretty damn innovative. And between them and Jordan, you know, Jordan is no slouch when it comes to, he's not really technical. He knows enough to be truly dangerous. Yeah. Truly dangerous. But he'll come up with really cool ideas sure. and that are so inspiring that people go, yeah, I'm going to make that work. Okay. You know, that's one of his great talents. Yeah. Of finding um, also people that can carry out your your ideas and your vision. Your vision. Yeah, yeah I guess that would yeah. be better. No, that, he's a visionary person. He really is. He's as close to a genius as I've ever met. Yeah. Right. He really is. He's, yeah. he's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. You know, well, and he from happens the, to be a very sweet man too. From the business being a genius and not being a dick well, is pretty cool. Yeah, and knowing right and with the successes that he's had too as well. Like not only that is he's a uh, smart businessman as well. Not just like, hey, I've got all these really cool ideas, I can make all this, but like running a company and growing a company yes, and, and so that's that's very interesting about Jordan. Uh, and I'm not airing his dirty laundry here. You're right, and like once upon a time, FASA, you know, and TSR owned Gen Con and FASA was the cool kid, you know, and he came up with all sorts of cool stuff and they were making money hand over fist, right? At, at FASA Corp, making paper and pencil role-playing games. They were just making scads of money and they earned it. They were doing great stuff. They had, you know, these living worlds, right? The Battletech, uh, universe and the Shadowrun universe would evolve over time. And then they put out supplements. Like he would plan things a year ahead. What are we yeah. going to do with the universe a year ahead? They'd have these design summits and stuff. Brilliant thinking. You know, it wasn't just like, what's the module today? It was, yeah. it was different. So he absolutely earned that. And in video games, you know, well, that was a different animal. And so he had some pluses and, and some minuses there you know there's red in his ledger in some places sure. too the thing about him that i love is it just keeps plugging yeah right and that's the thing that we shared that was one of the things that we shared it's just like grit it's just yeah. like oh well that was a failure let's keep going yeah failure is a tool now? yeah it's a tool to, it is yeah, yeah, and yeah. here's the thing he taught me this a long time ago um you know, and he used to occasionally gives keynote addresses about entrepreneurship and stuff. And when I finally founded Hairbrain Schemes with them, you know, this was a common thing, common story that I still tell myself, myself, even though it's his story. To him, entrepreneurship is jumping off a cliff and believing that you will be able to create a set of wings before you hit the ground. That's what entrepreneurship is. It's that belief. Yeah. And sometimes you hit the ground. Yeah. As a matter of fact, and this is the thing that he and I went, yep, we get it. We are partners, right? It was really early on. It was 19, what year did we found this company? It was like 2011, around there, 2012, 2012. And um, so, okay, you hit the ground, whatever. Uh, hold on. <laughs> Where am I going? He, um, oh, you know, here's the thing. What, nine out of 10 entrepreneurs or startups fail? Sure. Right? 
maybe it's 90 out of 100. I don't know. I guess that's the same thing. But insert cool number here, right? They fail. That's your superpower. Knowing that you are doomed means do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Just go for it because yeah. you're probably going to fail. Yeah. So you might as well just go for go it. Go big or go Full home. Bore, yeah. Yeah. Right? And, and he told me that once, you know, when we were flirting with the idea of starting a company together. I was like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And I was just like, I would take any risk. It was just whatever. Gotcha. You know, when I finally came to him and said, let's do a Kickstarter, he's like, whoa, 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 no. And then uh, <laughs> Tim Schaefer did his, earned three millions. He's like, what I meant was, this kid's right. Let's go yeah. do that. So you know. obviously that actually goes into one of the questions, which is from uh, a little bit of history and correct me, um, Microsoft stepped in, bought uh, FASA Fast Studio. Interactive. Fast Interactive. Fast Interactive, right. right. Um, and Jordan obviously uh, sold the company to Microsoft. Uh, at, I believe at that point, like he moved on as well. No, with no. His life. No, he did no, he stay? No, that was, no, it's cooler than that. Okay. So he sold the company. 45 of us moved from Chicago to Washington. Okay. And went to work, and that became sort of the core of Microsoft Game Studios. Okay. They had they had already been dabbling in games and stuff, but sure. then it's like, okay, here's a game studio, plop, right? And that was start building from there. And that was uh, Mech Two. Yeah. And Mech, and Mech Warrior 4. Four. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, those are the two the two first games that we put out. We got there, and there was no such thing as studios. They just sort of assimilated us into Microsoft. Right. Hmm. Okay. That didn't go great. You know, uh, I did not behave great. You know, it was a totally different environment. It was corporate. Oh, yeah. It was different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there were TPS reports, you know. <laughs> um, so we need I to remember... talk to you about Mitch again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was a bull in a china shop. I was just Mr. Fuck You Know. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was pretty wild for a while because uh, we would say, okay, let's do this or whatever. And I remember somebody saying to me, and I didn't know how high ranked he was. It turns out he outranked me a lot. And he goes like this, that's not the way we do things here. And I said, you've never shipped a game. You've, you worked on Excel. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. How about you start listening instead of stop telling me that that's not the way we do things here. It was that sort of, yeah. uh, you know. And then I realized later, oh, shit, I just talked to like a guy like yeah. three or four levels above me. Whatever. But it was like that sure. a lot. And I learned the corporate culture the hard way through failure. Sure. You know, uh, definitely. And yeah, that was, I spent two years I spent 12 years at Microsoft. The first two, I spent angry. And I spent the last couple angry too. Anyway, there was a lot of anger. So, anger management. so were you involved with Mech Commander 2? Yeah, I, no, I, I ran. I was the so director. You, okay, we okay. called them producers back then. A producer was sort of a catch-all for, you're just running the project. Yeah, you're running the yeah. project. Okay. Yeah, I was the game director of Mech 2. Okay. And um, I actually finished... Mech Commander Gold Desperate Measures at Microsoft. Okay. We moved out there. I finished that and then did Mech 2. Jordan 
went on to become the creative director for Xbox, the first wave of titles. Okay. Right. That was his job to shepherd the first set of like six Xbox games gotcha. out there. And then as he's doing that, there's a funny Mitch and Jordan story. I'm at his house one night. He says, let me show you something. And uh, he shows me concept art and stuff for Mage Knight. Okay. Right. You're familiar with Mage Knight, right? No. Uh, no. Uh, Hero Clicks. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Hero. Yeah, Before Hero Clicks, there was Mage Knight. Okay. Click, it was the IP that he invented to do Hero Clicks, and then okay. he later got the license from Marvel and DC. You know, oh, and that's okay. when it became Hero Clicks. So it was first. He's like, look, it's sort of like Magic: The Gathering. You get these figures, these little plastic figures that are pre-painted in a box, but you don't know what's in the box. Okay, right? I know exactly. I, I, right? I know I'm looking at them right now. So I just wanted to, like, I was like, okay, know exactly what you're talking about now. So he shows me the base, the click, click base. He's like, look, everything you need to know is on there. I remember it like it was yesterday. And he's got that Jordan little boy grin, right, that I've come to know so well. I've got an idea, and I think it's really hot. He says, I want you to run this company, right? I'm going to leave Microsoft. I'm going to open a company. It was called WizKids eventually, but at the time he didn't have a name for it. Why don't you come run this company? I'm like, no. It's like, why? He's like, it's not going to work, man. I'm just telling you. I got a gut. It's not going to work. And within a year and a half, he had made $32 million. And I didn't. Right? I was just like, hmm. Next time Weissman has a goofy-ass idea, I'm going to listen. Yeah. That was Gola Marcana. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, oh, well. They don't all work. Okay, but, uh, so you, you're at game. you're at Microsoft. Uh, right. Desperate Measure launches. Great, by the way. Um, uh, you know, um, again, it's one of those where I always wanted more. I was always like, uh, and then Mech Commander Two, you're launched. Yeah, definitely some design changes. Uh, it was also, yeah. I will say, uh, the weird time when stuff was going to 3D, especially like. For the PC, making that shift and obviously 2D sprites that I still think hold up today uh, to Mech Commander 2, it was very uh, low polygon and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. your the controls were different. That's you right. guys did different stuff in Mech Lab. And it, first off, Mech Commander 2, uh, or just Mech Commander in general, took a completely different stance from Mech Warrior. And I felt like that was a very good thing because it just, mm. it explored that like, Hey, cool. There's tabletop. There's Mech Warrior, and and they not everything has to follow the same rules. This is the universe. Right. And this is a game, and this game that has different my rules motivation. than this. You know. And I was trying to make that. I think you're right. And yeah, the Mech Lab was well. First of all, the Mech Lab and Mech Commander was just <laughs> drag the name of a weapon sure. over here. Yeah, right? sure. And my lead designer at the time, a guy named Mike Lee, came up with what we call the paper doll right mech lab where there's pictures and how big it is you know there are horizontal weapons and there are vertical weapons and the size of the weapon and stuff and you know you do this and i thought this is a way that battle tech could reach a new audience sure. that's what i was going for all the time right it's like we can't sell to mech heads forever right well you, you see what i mean yeah we're micro we're at microsoft now we've got a real marketing budget I'm going to try and expand the audience by making it more fun to load out your mech. 
Sure. And I thought that Mike's idea was really cool. Yeah, it was different. I, I liked still, it. I still yeah. like it. I yeah. still think it's cool. Um, so that was why the 3D thing was two things. The reason why we went to 3D is um, the, the technical director uh, of the game um, did not want to recreate that pipeline. Because like you were saying, that was hard to do. It's a lot of work. It's like yeah. they didn't want to go through that work. And 3D was on the rise. And my art director at the time was like, look, the mechs can catch the light and do shit. And I'm just like, all right. Now, they were all 250 polygons. Yes. You know, so lower phi yeah. in a way, the mech commander. But then I had a 3D, you know, you know, 3D terrain. There was all sorts of things we did with 3D. Fog of war, I changed. Fog of war, yeah. Stuff like that. Um, and ultimately, the game did about as well as Mech Commander 1. I yeah. didn't expand the audience. I just sold it again. Yeah. You know, like, all right, but, I blew yeah. that one. Yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be... What's it? I mean, obviously, it's, it's exciting that it worked, but it's like, did it did it achieve what you're ultimately wanting, which is bringing in that fresh blood in it? Right. And that's and, why I did a lot of videos in that, too. You remember the little videos mm -hmm. in Mech Commander Desperate Measures? Yeah. I expanded that out. I yeah. wrote that game. And I wrote and the news the articles. Yeah, the news yeah, stuff. All that stuff. Commander. Yeah, I yeah, wrote yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, like I said, I, to me, those were really influential as far as like early gameplay because like outside of that outside of mech warrior mech commander i mean i played games like total annihilation yeah uh, sure you know like chris, Ron, uh, uh, chris taylor yeah like yeah, uh, um, games. yeah you know there was a handful of stuff i mean obviously i played command and conquer but there was something mm -hmm. about oh this is a unit that transfers over and this is a pilot that you can put in and it's going to transfer in a mission mission but guess what Hunter may die, or the beast may die, or you know, you know, yeah. Uh, all, all the, and by the way, I also noticed that uh, Jordan Wiseman is one of the pilots in the oh sure uh, portraits. Like I noticed that I was like, that's freaking Jordan. Now oh, that I knew, actually, I was like, that's all of the pilots were the team. The team, yeah, I figured as much. Yeah, yeah. the team or people that worked on the same floor as us yeah. at Microsoft. Yeah. This is Rooster, you know, and you know all that. Like, as a matter of fact, yeah, Rooster. That was uh, one of the uh, designers. Yeah, actually, the voice of Rooster was one of the designers who went on to design Destiny. Uh, yeah. Actually, my wife was one of the voices. Yeah, I think you told yeah. me this. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. you told me. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm in a minefield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Mech Commander Two. By the way, I just want to give her props. She was Dagger. Dagger. So Mech Commander Two. Shout out Dagger. Uh, Mech Commander Two comes yeah. out. Um, there's no splash, if you will, but I feel like to be fair games especially pc games it was this weird time and it was yep. right at the time the xbox basically comes out and halo and i remember just the graphic fidelity even back then like you can you can see the remastered and the original but back then oh yeah halo comes out were were you involved with mech assault i shipped mech assault okay so yeah. Mech Assault was the first game on Xbox Live. So this yep. is why I'm asking. And and I feel like you talked uh, about... I was the publishing producer. I want to make make okay. that clear. Right? I was the publishing producer. Okay. So I had a big hand in it, but it was a different animal. I didn't develop the game. Okay, you didn't develop it. Right. Okay, but from the from the marketing standpoint, I don't... 
look at the time I was young and it, it, I didn't get the big picture. Uh, like I bought it and I, I played it or whatever, but it was yeah. like, Oh, this is a battle tech. This isn't mech warrior. Like, you know, right, right. it's an arcade game. But now that I look back on it, it is very, very battle tech. And if, if you want to talk about one of the best marketing strategies of you have a new, you have a console, you shipped it with the console as well. It brought in so many people to the IP. Like it, it's a marketing I mean, brilliance. I mean, in some regards, I mean, of just getting it out there with the console. And just because I didn't think so, because I was some tabletop hardcore whatever, and oh, that's not my battle tech. But in reality, also too, is like, I think you guys did something unique, which is some of the the, the complications with even MechWarrior, MechWarrior Online, or Mech3 or Mech2 is the complication. Like you come in and it's a, especially if you, you know, like there's a lot of bells and whistles and, if you simplified the system and said, do we really need multiple different weapon groups of the same thing? Or like, how do you condense that? How do you take, mm-hmm. oh, well, now we have to worry about, oh, well, you can just blow off this section and then the mech's useless. Well, how about if we just, you did a lot of things in that game and I don't know if it's been harped on enough out there or even recognized by a lot of people. You guys simplified actual battle tech into yeah, an arcade shooter, but yeah, something that I think connected with a lot of people, and it was it was popular. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. I, you know, that was a long time ago. <laughs> it's only twenty years uh, ago. Yeah, you know what I've done in the last twenty years? There's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of water under that bridge. Um, yeah, we were proud of it. Yeah, you know, we were proud of it, and we were proud of it for a couple different reasons. One, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It existed in the Battletech universe. Say, so you know what? How many games exist in the Star Wars universe? Yeah. Uh, you know, think about all the different genres from role-playing games, you know, to Dark Forces, Jedi Knight Dark Forces, and, you know, first-person shooters. There's all sorts of things, and they can all exist. It's yeah. fine. That's what our mentality was, yeah. you know? It's, like, it's just another way to touch the Battletech universe. And there's an audience for this. And so, yeah, I agree. I still like that game. Uh, the guy who wrote the dialogue for that one uh, is working on Halo in Infinite right now. Again, uh, trendsetters, man. Blown. Yeah, Chris Blome. Um, anyway, so funny. It's just, that was good dialogue, though. He did a nice job of writing it. I remember uh, voice direct. I voice directed that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just so weird to think about these things. But yeah, it was like, and it was the first game on Xbox Live. Yeah. We had voice chat. Yeah. I was one of the first people to ever speak on Xbox Live. Yeah. And the first thing I said was, I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. It was fun. Yeah. We would do the take-home test. We would all drive home and play the game from home. It was just this bizarre experience. And, yeah. you know, a lot of my career is that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, we've done a lot of things that are first. That's not always the best thing from a business point of view to be first. Sure. Because there's a lot of, yeah, uncertainty. Going second's a lot better. Yes. <laughs> you know, but uh, still, you feel like you're a part of history. Gotcha. And, you know, we talked about CD-ROMs. We talked about the PlayStation 1. You know, like, my personal history is the history of video games. Yeah, literally. In a lot of ways. I didn't work on Zork. I gotcha. would love to. But it's still cool as hell. Yeah. Just to, and nobody knows it, and I don't give a shit. You know, 
I didn't get into this business to be famous. I just want yeah. to make, you know, but it, it's really cool to feel your life intertwined with, with the history yeah. of video games and the history of Battletech and Shadowrun. It's cool. So obviously, know? skip forward, uh, you launched Mech Assault. There was Mech Assault 2 yeah. as well. Right. I, I feel like we need to, uh, from time's sake, because I feel like we can just keep talking. Yeah. Uh, skip, no, no, that's me. Uh, uh, skip forward to when you said you were at Microsoft uh, Game Studios for 12 years. Uh, yeah. You mentioned 2012, 2011, uh, Hair Schemes was formed. And, right, right, right. And, and uh, that was a partnership, uh, am I correct, with you and, and Jordan? Yeah. How that, how that went along? Yeah. And was that specifically for Battletech the game? Or was Nothing. that? No, not at all. No? Okay. No. No, no, no. Uh, this is, no, we formed the company to make mobile games. Okay. Right. And we were actually put together by Bungie. I was consulting on Destiny 1 at the time. I had left Microsoft and I was a consultant and uh, working on stuff uh, for them. And they were, they were interested in dabbling in mobile games. Right. And... Um, and Jordan had an idea for a mobile game. His last company had failed and he had lost a lot of money and a lot of people, investors' money. It was just this sort of downtime. You know, it's just that's sure. the way it is. When you're a serial entrepreneur, you're up sometimes, you're down sometimes. Sure. He was down, right? But never out because he's Jordan Weissman. That doesn't work that way, right? So he's down. He's got an idea for a mobile game. Um, and the uh the head of bungie says hey jordan wants to make a game we're trying to learn mobile why don't we pay you to produce the game you know he's got this crappy little office that's in a storeroom uh of another game studio like we called it the closet we were just we were jordan and i were in the closet together and um you know jordan's got a couple of developers and he's trying to get something going again Sure. And he's got an idea for a game. Just go make it. We'll pay you to make the game. I'm like, okay, great, sure. So I met with Jordan on a Friday. He gives me the pitch for the game. It's a two-slide PowerPoint deck. And I'm like, oh, that's Mech Commander at Sea. Yeah, let's make that. I know how to make that. He's like, yeah, of course you know how to make that. And so that's my big dog. Um, and so we start Monday. Okay. And uh, so, <laughs> excuse me a minute. It's all right. Uh, now you're going to hear my dog eating uh, right. while we talk. So, um, so yeah, we start Monday and they gave us 10 weeks to make the game. It was a bet. You know, the head of Bungie bet Jordan that he couldn't make like the AAA equivalent of a mobile game in 10 weeks. And Jordan's like, I don't know how are we going to do this. I said, we're just going to fucking do it. We just do it. Yeah. Like, that was us. And so, we just started crunching from like day one, you know, just go, go, go. Yeah. We started with 12 hour days and then it got higher, you know, and we was just, and I remember his wife, Dawn saying to me like day one, she said, she was laughing at me. She, oh, are you here to make the impossible game with Jordan? I said, impossible, huh? Watch this. And we just went and 
I produced and designed and Jordan designed and produced. It was sort okay. of Lennon McCartney sort of thing. And is and this just you two or is there no, anybody else? He already had a few people. Okay. 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 Two of whom are still with the company to this day. Okay. Right. Um, which is awesome. Right. Uh, we brought in, uh, uh, a designer from another company. They they didn't have much for him to do, so we borrowed him from another company and kept him. And he's still at the company. So technically, three people, gotcha. right? From day one, there were only two. But yeah, so cool. And we just started making. And he would just he would just design too much, and I would cut it. And like he'd come back from lunch, and I'd say, "Hey, by the way, I I cut one of your features while you were out at lunch." He's like, that's okay. I came up with two more, <laughs> and he, you know, and I look at the feature and go, yeah, we should do that. And they would say, in. but the cool thing about it was I was being paid by Bungie. Yeah. So to I was reporting to him to create this mobile game that you basically said as, Oh, that's Mech Commander three. Like it's called uh, Mech Commander. No, it's it Mech Commander at sea. Oh, it was at sea. Crimson Steam okay. Pirates. Okay. That makes sense. Right? Okay. Look it up. Like the trailers no. okay. on, uh, yeah. online. Crimson Steam Pirates. I love that game. It was fun. And, uh, and so, yeah, we just did I remember it. this game. I love that game. That was so fun. Because you got to remember, when I left Microsoft, I was mostly dealing with vice presidents and general managers. And here was a chance to just make. That okay. game was just joy. Did you guys have that awesome like YouTube video of that dude? It was like, oh, you like boats or something? That reminds me of, was that, I don't know. Anyways. I so, don't remember that. So you guys made uh, Crimson. Uh, Steam Pirates. Steam Pirates. I'm looking at an image. I've actually seen this. I know what it is, but it's a mobile yeah. game, obviously. Yeah. Um, and wow. So Bungie. Bungie got me and Jordan together. And about halfway through the 10-week development period, Jordan just turns to me one time. And we were so close together that you had to turn and walk sideways to go to the bathroom. You know, there was no water in our office. I mean, literally, it was a closet. I'm not sure. exaggerating. It was a closet. Yeah. Uh, but big enough for like eight people. It was a big storage closet. Yeah. And we crammed 13 in when all was said and done. And you could, well, actually, four people came out. Yeah. And so you couldn't move. And so it was easy to have a meeting. <laughs> yeah. Because we would just lean just over. Just lean over, yeah. Whisper. We would just whisper to each other. And I remember I was standing next to his desk. And he said, you want to just stay together and be partners and make a game company? Because I had told him years before, I said, I will never, ever work for you. Right. I'm just warning you now. I'll never work for you. Okay. I'll be your partner, but I'm never going to work for you. I'm just warning you. It's like, okay. And so he's like, you want to stay together and be partners? I'm like, sure. I mean, we were having so much fun. He's yeah. like, what do you want to call the company? I said, I don't know what you got. He says, actually, I own a bunch of URLs. Every time I come up with an idea for a name for something, I just buy the URL. Buy the domain, yeah. 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 And so he said, uh, I got one called this. I got one, I got one called Hairbrain Schemes. I said, stop there. That's us. And that's it. Hairbrain Schemes was created, like, just pulling it out of our asses. So Bungie was basically a publisher at that point. I mean, really, because yeah, they paid us. Right. No, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, because, I mean. They published it. Yeah, yeah. because they hired another game studio to develop the game and then yeah yeah wow. it was called bungie aerospace was the label right they were getting into 
you know, mobile development. They stayed in it for a little while longer. Before Activision you know? came around, now yeah, Activision, right. and then, then now they left Activision, funny enough, full circle, right? How things roll, I guess. It's funny, you mentioned, uh, and this is something that I, I think some players and fans always don't understand, is feature uh, cuts. Like you have your overall picture of what you want, but the reality is some things have to be cut because of the scope, whether it's too much yeah. resources involved or, hey, we've been playtesting this. It just doesn't fit, uh, you know, and uh, I was going to get into that when it comes to uh, some of the future stuff. But that's just a normal that happens oh, yeah. all the time. Oh, all yeah. The time. There's full games on a cutting room floor, it seems, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're not cutting, that probably means you're going to crunch your team. Yeah. Right. There's something we call the iron triangle, right? Time, money, quality, right? And it's a triangle. So if money is reduced, either quality, that's my dog, either quality <laughs> is reduced, you know, or time is reduced. Something sure. has to give always. Um, I think he wants and out. Yeah, pe- I think I see him. He's. Uh... Oh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him in the mirror. Yeah. It's my great Dane. <laughs> He's a big boy. Um, thanks. So the triangle, so, I've yeah. never, I've never heard of that, that reference. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's like, that's like game development sort of one-on-one stuff gotcha. is, you know, you've got to understand the iron triangle. Sure. You got to understand it exists. Okay. So yeah, we cut features all the time. You got to, because game developers are never short of ideas. Yeah. Your imagination will just keep going. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, oh, why don't we do we this? We call feature yeah. creep. You've heard yeah. this term before, yep. yeah. right? And I mean, I deal with this every single day. Sure. And because the people I work with are, are brilliant, right? And all they want to do is make the best game that they possibly can. Because you're working on a game for two and a half, three years of your life. And if you want that time to mean something, you want to make something of quality, right? Sure. So you do your best. You go, you know, this would be cool. This would be cool. And it's my job to go, that is cool. We're not doing it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's straight face. That's a fantastic idea. No. <laughs> oh yeah, but the thing is, with the with the crew that I have now, who I adore, right? I just think they're such great game developers. I don't need to say that really anymore. Sure. Not. I mean, I did today, but anyway. But they know about scope. They man. They yeah. self manage them. Like I got an idea, but it's out of scope. You sure. know, like yeah, we shouldn't cut anything to get this or whatever. And we we just have a way of talking. You know, in a way of developing a game, it's like, that's a great idea, but it's not test friendly. To make that, it's going to take twice the number of testers to make that. That's not good return on it. We're just going to shelve that. And who knows, maybe down the road. Okay, so uh, Destiny uh, basically publishes it. You guys come out with this uh, mobile game. Um, Obviously, at this point in time, uh, uh, Piranha Games has uh, announced MechWare Online. Uh, mm. They have the license from Microsoft. It mm-hmm. was some of the coolest. Mo- I remember in, I think it was 2009, they released three three second clips over a period of like three days. And it was their mm. uh, pitch for trying to find a publisher. Um, yeah. Right. And it was the Warhammer walking through. And it was from the perspective of the 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 uh, parking garage. And someone right, had right, noticed, right. someone had noticed the Davian sunburst and Everyone was goes. That's how we started yeah. our podcast. We were playing a mod called Living Legends, and we were like, "Oh my God, what does this mean? What is this?" I'm a nerd. Yeah. So, uh, MechWare Online uh, was announced. 
how in how how was that for you guys? I mean, because that had well, Jordan to... was involved a little bit with okay. Russ. Okay. Right. I think he was consulting with Russ. I don't remember exactly what the relationship was, but he was trying to help Russ get uh, Microsoft to publish it okay. for a while there. I was involved with that briefly and stuff like that. Just wrong time and place for Microsoft, sure. unfortunately, which kind of sucks. But sure. uh, how was that? You know, it's sort of like, here's the way in my experience, game developers behave, which I love. It is an incredibly competitive industry. It's ridiculously competitive because, you know, when, when we put out, just as an example of how competitive it is, when we put out Shadowrun Returns in 2013, I think 750 games came out on Steam that year, right? When we put out Battletech on Steam, right? Uh, 12,000 yeah. came out on <laughs> yeah, Steam. Yeah, that's right? crazy. It is super competitive because everything competes together. It's not like within yeah. your genre. You're just competing against people's time, time. right? Yeah. But here's the thing that I love about game developers. In my experience, game developers aren't competitive, right? The market is competitive, sure. but everybody wants everybody else to do well. Sure. You know, when a game developer does a layoff or closes, it's pain for all of us, sure. right? Because that could Nobody be you. Because that, yes, yeah, without yeah. a doubt, yeah. without a doubt, it could be you, and it probably was you last time. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you know, there but for the grace of God go I, sort of thing. So uh, that's one of the coolest things about being a game developer is just appreciating each other's games, and wanting everybody to do well, and hoping everybody sells all their games. Sure, you know that's really cool. Yeah, but it ain't. But you know, yeah. So uh, pretty rough. 2012 you guys do yeah. this you you decide shadow run you guys knock it out of the park with that you do yeah. uh dlcs for that what when did the idea of doing a battletech ip mechware ip game creep in what was that like behind the oh scenes? from the very beginning the way it worked was this once we decided that we were partners we had a third partner by the way our uh, kind of a silent partner uh silent for most people uh, named Joe Denunzio, and he was our CFO. Okay. He was, he called him, his business card said, the adult in the room, right? He used to stop. He's the money guy, from, right? Well, yes, yeah, he was the dollars and cents yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, it's like, that's, you can't do that, guys. You don't have money for that. We go, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> there was a lot of, there was a lot of that. Um, yeah, Joe, Joe's brilliant guy. But we, we formed the company and Jordan, you know, being a really generous guy, he's, he's a ridiculously generous person. He's just like, okay, I've made a lot of companies. Mitch, what do you want to do with this one? You know, and I remember we were crammed into this conference room in somebody else's game company that we were borrowing space from. And I said, here's what I want to do. I want to find a niche audience, right? And make stuff for them. And that's okay. Sure. You know what I mean? We don't, I don't need to get rich. I need to make games. And I want, I want enough money that I can just keep making the next game and make a decent living. That's fine. Sure. But I was never after money. That's never been my motivator. Let's just find a small audience that will keep giving us money and that we could monetize deeply, forgive me, 
for the sure. corporate fuckery. But but you know, it was just like, look, they'll give us, you know, like Crusader Kings three. I think the you know, if you buy all the DLC for Crusader Kings two, you'll spend five hundred bucks. Yeah. Right. That's what I was looking sure. for. Sure. Yeah. Like if you, you make know, something was, good, they'll buy it. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. And it's just yeah. our audience. That's yeah. what I was after. And we wanted Battletech, but Microsoft wouldn't license it to us at the time. They would license Shadowrun. And what happened there, it was a confluence of things. The publisher for our second mobile title said, hey, want to make a Shadowrun game? I'd love to make a Shadowrun game with you. He was my marketing guy on the Shadowrun first-person shooters. Like, when do you want to do Shadowrun? That same week that he said, we should do Shadowrun, uh, who was it? Kotaku came out with, here's the top 10 list of games we wish would come back. And number five was Shadowrun. Sure. I was just like, hmm. And then I saw Kickstarter. Yeah. And I remember the, our chief technical officer at the time, he was the one who showed me Kickstarter. It's like, look, you can do all these cool things and stuff. Yeah. There were no video games at the time. And I'm just looking at it and my eyes got kind of twinkly. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I remember he was really like, don't, don't, you know, because you he know, knew insane because yeah. he knew how insane it would be. And it was, it was completely insane. And that's why 2012, 2013, that was my favorite year of my life because yeah. it was stupidly exciting. And it was su stupidly successful. I mean, you know, yeah, so. it, it did great. Yeah, it did great. I mean, yeah, it was fun. And being sort of a, I want to say front runner, but especially at that time, I mean, early on in Kickstarter, I mean, the success. It was the first and, Kickstarter video game to ship. Yeah, like I, I yeah. remember, yeah. I mean, and there's been a few that followed since like Darkest Dungeon and so forth and so on. So yeah, you guys definitely set the bar of what, yeah. Um, we so, wanted to go first so that people, we they wouldn't compare, uh, they wouldn't compare our game to another game. They would compare another game to us. So you know, we, yeah. Let me ask you something, and, and you don't have sure. to answer this, but was it bittersweet or, or was it a little bit of pain uh, and maybe even maybe answer for Jordan as well, selling the IP and then wanting to do it and something you created or maybe not necessarily you, but you you were part of all that and not just being able to just do what you want. I mean, I don't mean to like, can you just describe that? Yeah, I can. Um, Jordan is not a bitter person, right? He's not a negative person. He's like, it's complicated. Sure. You know, he sold it, he bought it back, then he sold it again, or whatever. It changed hands multiple times. It's goofy, you know. And Weissman business deals are never clean. They're ne they're very creative, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, no, he was, I never got the sense of bitterness or anything like that. It's like, yeah, I made my bed. I'm going to lie in it sort of thing, you know, but maybe we can get it when we did Shadowrun and, you know, Microsoft game studios, specifically Phil Spencer, you know, supported us by getting a, making sure we got this license. Phil's a great guy. And, um, and we got that and we did right by it. And we, when we said, Hey, we want uh, battle tech. The response was, and, it was so sweet. It's like, you guys were great stewards of the franchise for Shadowrun. Yes, of course, you can have Battletech, yeah. you know, a license for it, you know, a license for it. And he gave us a really good deal on it and everything because we're just this little baby company. 
Sure. You know, so he gave us a good deal too. And uh, I think we were really well treated by Microsoft that way, gotcha. which is a really nice thing to be able to say because I was the angry young man and I had, you know, it was a rough, I had a rough time at Microsoft sure. and yet, you know, still the relationships you develop and stuff mean right. something. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a big fan. Well, and your, reason. and your failures help you grow and you grew a lot and you learned a lot and then that shows, so I'm sure, in your professional relationships with these individuals, even later on. Oh, it, it absolutely right. does. And I'm still friends with a lot of people at Microsoft yeah. Game Studios. Yeah. And boy, there's talent there. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Talent. So what made the decision? Or did you already have a design decision in mind? And why not? Why didn't it? Was it because of your Shadowrun and you guys were doing turn-based strategy and that led to you? Was that? Yeah. It was like, yeah. why, why, because, Ryan, you already had all yeah. that pipeline with your people and they knew. Uh, not exactly. No, but we, we had developed, you know, turn-based tactical thinking, okay. right? Yeah. We, there was no pipeline. There was no nothing. We built everything from scratch again. Sure, sure. I, I meant the Shadow pipeline Run, of like, yeah. your, your people are used to that, that game design. Yeah. But more than that, yes, there's that. And because it goes back to the roots of Battletech. Battletech is a turn-based game. Sure. That's what it is, right? Sure. And, you know, we did not have people with skills in real time, sort of Twitch-based game. We didn't have that. Yeah. And MechWarrior Online already had that. Yeah. And the license that we could get was for turn-based. We didn't have the license to do anything we wanted sure. we, because, you know, Piranha already had that. Yeah. But we could do this, and we already were doing that kind of thing. And frankly, that was our mentality. You know, I was like, no, I want to sit and think about this turn. Sure. You know, I want to weigh my options and then hit execute, you sure. know, fire or whatever. So that was just, that's how that happened. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you, but we you... did Battletech because we were able to do Battletech. Sure. We would have done Battletech, uh, what is it called? Um, Golem Arcana would have been Battletech if we could have gotten the license. Gotcha. And I guess a very important, very important question. Why not? Uh -huh. Mech, why not Mech Commander? Well, because of the same reason. It's real time. We didn't have the license. Gotcha. gotcha. I could have called Battletech Mech Commander 3 turn-based, but that would have been a lie or so. Or Mech I had Commander to ask. Tactics. I had oh, to yeah. ask. Oh, God. Yeah. Mech War Tactics. <laughs> no, Mech Commander uh, Tactics. Yeah, I but, done that. And that's why you don't, right? Remember that? You're very sensitive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, when we did the Kickstarter for Battletech, a lot of effort, my personal effort, went into saying, but we're not Mech Warrior Tactics. You know, a lot and of people convincing don't... people to trust us. Yeah, a lot of people missed that, I guess. Some of them did. It was yeah, very yeah, awkward to be like yeah. in our position because. Uh, at the time, I think it was Roadhouse Interactive, uh, and they were super nice, mm -hmm. but there was this disconnect. I know, and I have a point to this. There was this disconnect, mm -hmm. I think, from a, knowing your actual audience. Like they wanted to do this 4v4 Lance and 3D, basically tabletop representation. Right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, then also introduced these card systems. Okay, I right. can sort of see. Okay, you're, sure. you're getting a little out of the wheelhouse. But then the artwork was. Mm -hmm so off-putting and i remember just mm. thinking don't be you know don't be shallow if the game's good it's good but right, the artwork right, right. was cartoony kit bashy like it didn't and obviously the the project never it it failed yeah. and, and went away but yeah. um i wanted to ask you 
was part of that a reason why you guys had a collaboration with PGI as far as artwork and having the same look across? Because throughout the history of uh, Mech Commander, Mech Warrior 3, 2, all, mechs did fundamentally look different too. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was never dialed in. There was yeah. no real Bible for Battle. Yeah, no, there, there wasn't. This is what it looks like. Right. Um, the reason we got in bed with PGI that way or with Piranha Games um, was two reasons. One, we wanted we wanted the look of BattleTech. If we were coming out at the same same time where they already existed, we thought one universe. That was sure. a big deal. Yeah. But there's another very practical reasons reason. They had all the mechs. It was already done. It was already done. Yeah. We would be idiots. And it was simple because Russ is a great guy, you know, and we just had a conversation. We, it was a business relationship, but it wasn't challenging business relationship. Yeah. And they sent us all the stuff and we animated things like Melee and stuff like that. But it was a tremendous leg up for us. Yeah. Right. Or else we would have had to build yeah, all those damn mechs. Yeah. Oh, my God. We would not have been able to ship without that deal. Sure. Right. There's yeah. no way we would have been able to ship yeah. the game. And Alex Iglesias, especially at the time. Oh my God. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah I mean, work. yeah. And shout out to also Anthony Scroggins and other uh, artists from Catalyst now that. Without a doubt. Now, uh, but back then, I mean, he was the premier Battletech commission artist for fans and, and uh, for Catalyst sure. and. Deeply talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hands down. Okay, yeah. I, I, I just wondered, I mean, obviously it makes sense from outside looking in, like across the board, yeah. you have now products that are... It's a win-win. It's a, Okay, That's so all. obviously... Wins. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, we, we never thought of anybody as competition, right? Gotcha. It's just like, we all love Battletech. Can't we just support each well, other? It all wins, because uh, I don't know how many people have watched me play Battletech, and then I'll be streaming uh, Mecha Online... And they'll be like, oh, what is this? And I'm like, what do you mean? It's been out for years. What do you mean? You know, like, how do you not know? It's like, oh, well, because they saw Battletech on Steam and then they bought it on Steam or they saw some, like, it's yeah. all fans across the board. Uh, yeah, cross-promotion is great. I 100% I yeah. agree, like, uh, yeah. hands down. So you guys, you got the license. Uh, you guys were going to focus on, uh, and I was a part of watching the development process with you guys yeah. across the board. And of course, We've done, me and Darren in the past did podcasts with you oh, guys. Yeah. It was really cool. Like, again, uh, uh, McCain and, and, and Jordan Wiseman oh. and all the your designers and producers yeah. and engineers over the, the period of the time. Um, I want to just sort of let you, like, I think you guys captured uh, the storytelling and how the player experiences that fantastic with the... 2d moving artwork yep the sound the dialogue and then mm -hmm. you've got the protagonist and an antagonist and like all these things you guys did such a good job that i don't think i mean no one's ever really done that in the sense of put i don't weight. think anybody's really tried that's true yeah yeah I, yeah i right. think it's fair yeah and we yeah. wanted to sorry you know when if you go back and look at the kickstarter video right and I was exhausted when we shipped that, when we did that video, because I had just shipped uh, Shadowrun Hong Kong and I had been crunching my ass off. But uh, I probably looked like hell. But when it got to me and Jordan's like, hey, I'm Jordan Weissman, we're going to do 
BattleTech, and then hi, I'm Mike McCain, and blah blah blah. And they and then they get to the little old man when they pan over to me. I'm just like, I'm in it for the lore, right? <laughs> yeah. That was my part. It's like, look, I'm in it for the lore. Let me take you back. You know, sure. BattleTech is about blah blah blah. That's what I cared about. Remember, giant robots are stupid, right? I, I've mentioned that. I, I no longer believe that, by the way. That's the interesting thing about it. Um, over time, I came to love Battletech, right? And because of the story, right? The reason why people mount up and get into a mech you know, what they're fighting for and stuff like that. That's when I like, this is battle tech to me, especially, you know, back uh, in the early days, you know, 2020 or 3025 era, you know, when it was Game of Thrones in space, you know, and that just appealed to me so much. And McCain also, he loved that. As a matter of fact, it was McCain who said to us, guys, this is Game of Thrones in space. Like, it is. It was McCain who, who said that. Like, that's right. Let's make that. Yeah. You know, McCain, McCain drove so much. Yeah. McCain was the game director. Brilliant guy. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. He did great work on that. The game. artwork was fantastic. He uh, was also char- the art director. The characters were fantastic. Like you actually have w- one thing I really like about it. And uh, whoever came up with the Argo idea, brilliant, because it gives from a design it gives you so many options but like designer keep them again shout out uh because that's brilliant and and we hadn't really ever thought about like and being able to upgrade and then also talk to you get to know your engineer you can walk down and ask him like you know a little bit of a little bit of dialogue uh, and and you actually get a connection uh with them and that's fantastic like uh you almost your CEO sort of, or your XO sort of, there you know, is. like her attitude and you're just like, oh, oh that. or like, oh, you know, your, your guy dropping you in the middle of a firefight. It's like, yeah, you can even give us better info, you know, and you get those connections. Um, and the, again, the protagonist and antagonist throughout the story. I mean, it's, it's history. I mean, I was literally just talking to uh, Pardo about this, which was, we repeat history all over. And it's the, it's as cliche it is uncle you know betrays family it's because it's real it happens power and power vacuum and oh i felt like i should have been the one in control and well now Mm -hmm. it's my turn and i'm gonna you know like you're you know yeah um so you guys executed that and of course you brought back something that people have been wanting for years albeit i will say uh it has this place and that's melee you guys you were able to bring something to fans that have wanted that type of interaction and that sort of that was Jordan. Jordan was so excited about melee. It's like it's turn based. We could do melee. Do it. That, right? Jordan was so excited about that. Yeah. 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 It was really fun. And of course, I was into the death from above. Yeah. You yeah. know that it was that it was all about death from above for me. Well, and during this time frame, the Lord Commander, uh, you, you began this process, and that was with uh, hyper. Uh, uh RPG. rabbit go yeah hyper yeah. you know like and you guys were doing uh death from above yeah which by the way i there's been nothing like that you guys were doing some i was super jealous me and darren were actually i mean darren got to well, be darren on it was on it yeah i know yeah. i couldn't be but like the what you got part for him too i yeah i i was so jealous but um so why did uh why did you guys 
create your own uh, space as far as, why didn't you just use like Wolf Dragoons or, you know, was it because you felt like it was too constricted? Like their story's already been told, so you couldn't do yeah, your own that, thing? Yeah, it, 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 there's a very simple reason, you know. Um, the world of fandom is harsh. Sure. And if you start playing in, you know, hardcore Battletech, hardcore Star Wars, hardcore Star Trek, anywhere where there's a lot of lore, the lore masters are going to be up your ass constantly. Nope, you got that wrong. Nope, you got that wrong. That's why. It's so like, no, it's better. So there are two reasons. That's one. You sort of create your own sort of area, carve out your own area that you can touch all of the lore as you see fit, but you can tell your own story without worrying about that is not how the Battle of Tukey went, you know, yeah. or whatever it is, yeah. right? So you don't have to read every book and commit it to memory, you know, gotcha. the way some people do. That's why, right? That's one reason. The other reason is what you saw in Death From Above mirrored what we were doing in the Battletech game. Nobody realized it at the time that you were a mercenary traveling around the periphery. We were playing around with those ideas on Death From Above and pulling them in, Sneaky you know, bastards. or they were, or they were, you know, they were cross-pollinating. Sure. Yeah. That's sneaky. That's why. That's great. Cheers. Yeah, that was... It's working. Okay, <laughs> well, frankly, it was a second job. So while we're making Battletech, I'm writing two shows a week on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. yeah. That... Oh, man. Well, And all performing right. for like nine hours a week. It yeah. Was, that was a brutal schedule. Yeah. I. Yeah. I don't envy anybody that has to play a character for that long yeah so eh, um so obviously we watched the development process i don't think any of us like i think we were all part of that for the most part going back and if you haven't all those videos are still available out there mm -hmm. um that you guys had i guess let me was there was there something that got uh, a feature or was there something that you you guys had to cut that you ultimately felt would have been the, you know, icing on the cake. Was there anything that like you wish not icing on the cake? I get it. Yeah. There was a major feature that we couldn't do that we wanted to, and that we had done some prototype work, but it just time, money, blah, blah, blah. Iron that triangle. triangle yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were called commander abilities or something like that. And we wanted to be able to call in airstrikes and, you know, do sort of mech commander type stuff, sure. Spencer probe, whatever they were. We had that stuff we wanted to do. And ultimately we left that on the cutting room floor. Gotcha. So that's, that's one that, you know, that would have been nice to have sure. more verbs is always good. Yeah. Well, and then and you more got verbs complicates game development like a mother. Sure. And then, right. you know, obviously you got to look at like, uh, some of the, we talked about features and some of the things being cut, uh, but you guys introduced a lot of those in DLCs, right? So like yeah. uh, some of the things that uh, about the Kickstarter and, and you, you, the DLCs, in my opinion, from the initial game launch to the end, elevated the game and it got better and better. I mean, uh, that was our intention. Yeah. You know, from performance of the game to what you're able to do, or what yeah. you're able to interact with. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just felt like it was a really good uh, across the board flashpoints added yeah, exactly you. what was needed um, thanks. to the yeah. project because yeah, it's like thanks. mini campaigns and the yeah. story and yeah. yeah. And it turns out that's, yeah, 
you know, that big, long, sprawling story campaign. Yeah, that's fun. These little, these little stories are very empowering. And yeah. You can take them. In. Yeah, I'm really proud of those. Yeah, I'm real proud of those. And Andrew McIntosh, who wrote all of those, you know, and also and wrote the Battletech mainline story and wrote the last two Shadowrun games with me. You know, he, he's absolutely brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Gotcha. So, yeah. Well, like it was, I don't know. Like I'm still, how has it been keeping up with the mod scene? I mean, do you understand? It's like full, they just added tanks. I don't know if you know the playable tanks. No, uh, no. The truth is I'm checked out right now because okay. I am up my own ass with this new game I'm making. Yeah. And plus running the company from home, it, it, you know, it's like pretty much every waking yeah. hour is like, I can't, I can't think I can't sure. work. Sure. You know? Well, they've taken what you guys have done. There's been sort of branch offs where you've got like yeah, super great. does everything rogue tech. That's it's got it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you got some that are like, okay, yeah, we like this, we like that, and it's sort of the middle ground. And then you've got some like, oh, this is more towards what just like lore or table, to, you know, like a little bit. Well, less. that really makes me happy, man, because if you remember, the last thing that we shipped was as much mod support as we could do. Sure. Yeah. Right. That's the way I wanted to leave BattleTech. I wanted to leave it in in Mech Warrior hands. Sure. You know, and that that was sort of, for lack of a better word, like my personal like final gift to battle tech you know like here you go it's yours now yeah you guys were up on steam do you guys i mean when you guys launched on steam i remember it being in the top 10 not just like one week i mean it was it was a while like you guys did really i mean so it, it did well enough i don't know when the talks were uh and how it started so correct me if i'm wrong but battle tech did well enough and you guys did the game was successful probably i don't know if you'd say more than you thought it would be but paradox came into the picture somewhere and you guys started talking behind these things or at least jordan and you and, and with paradox of saying like hey we really like what you guys are doing uh, can you talk a little bit about that at all like how that relationship paradox started? Is our publisher sure right because uh, the truth is you know kickstarter can only take we had a little war chest where we could make some of the game, but not all of the game. Sure. And so we went to Kickstarter to get the rest. Sure. Right. And then of course our eyes are always bigger than our stomachs. And so we needed a publisher to help us finish it. And so that's how we got in bed with Paradox. They gave us some extra money so we can finish the game the way we wanted to. And as we're working with them, we realized, oh, we kind of like these guys. Normally I don't like publishers. <laughs> um, and I'm not afraid to tell them how much I don't like them. I'm not really kind that way but uh like these guys okay. you know uh every uh, you know everybody we met from Malin, our our uh, marketing marketing manager uh to ash our publisher our producer etc they were all just cool they were good people they cared you know they didn't get in our way they were there to help yeah. and as we're going you know it's like and we were planning we were looking around for um investors to build ourselves into more of a publishing house okay. so we could self publish and market our own stuff. And we got, you know, we got the money that we needed. We had, you know, contracts ready to sign and paradox like, well, or you could become a member of our family sure. and sign this piece of paper instead of this piece of paper. Sure. And so we signed that one. 
Yeah. Because they already had Mark. We didn't need to develop our own marketing team and our own sales team and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Our own localization, whatever. It's already done. It's already done. Yeah. Like sign that. Yeah. And that's where we are. Okay. So, uh, Obviously, uh, you guys, the last DLC, the last patch, uh, mods, you talked about that. I remember that specific patch. Um, You guys have moved on. And as far as I know, because this is only I know, you guys are working on two projects, two games. Uh, They are not Battletech uh, IP. Uh, So uh, just to be clear and to clarify for everybody out there. the the games you're not going to talk about is there any like info you what's already public out there to anybody is there anything no okay so there's nothing okay cool no both Um, jack and nothing gotcha okay just to be clear i just because i didn't know i just figured i'd ask no it's cool i appreciate you asking would uh with hbs and you is there any chance that you guys come back to the battletech ip uh, the one thing that I've learned, especially with Battletech, is you never say never. I think, what have I made? Like five or six Battletech games, and I didn't want to make the first one? You never say never. Okay. There you right. that was, I'm not that was, dumb enough to do that. That was one of uh, the questions uh, I asked uh, the community, and that was one of the things, of course, they're going to ask, like, yeah. are you guys coming back or whatever? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so you guys have moved on. If if someone wants to be up to date with what you guys are doing and whenever any news breaks, where can it, do they just follow hairbrain schemes on like Twitter or like, yeah, I would suggest that hairbrain schemes on Twitter. It's called, uh, at we be hairbrained. Okay. Uh, yeah, do that. You can follow me at Mitch get, okay. um, you know, and fo- uh, follow paradox interactive and stuff. Yeah, we'll okay. see what happens. It's going to be a while before we have something to announce though. Totally. Understand. It's, Everything. I mean, how long did it take you guys to um, uh, get that workflow going from from an in office to being at home? How was that? In- instantly. Instantly. Yeah. The reason why is there was a major snowstorm in Seattle um, in December of last year, and we got a, we learned how to work from home then because yeah, we yeah, were yeah. we we were locked down you know at home for like a week you couldn't get out yeah. of my driveway it was that bad and so our IT manager Harold just took care of it wow and yeah he did a great job and so when it was time to lock down it's like all right we're going to go lock down then we had to learn how to work extended from home that's a challenge but uh but we were ready to go we just instantly turned the key and went wow yeah well, thank you so much. Yeah. I've taken yeah, plenty of your time. Yeah. I've always yeah. wanted to know some of those those answers and like Oh sure. I, I feel like uh whenever the time comes, I would like to have you on again to talk about the things that can't be talked about. Well, you know where to find me. It's not like I can go anywhere. You know? <laughs> um, no, no. Look, you reached out, you said, Hey, let's talk, and I said yes. Yeah, so don't yeah, worry about yeah. it. There's never gonna be a no there. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Also, uh, appreciate the, uh, the pictures of Metcon, uh, with my, uh, my, my internet dad. Yeah, so that was hysterical, <laughs> man. I look old in those pictures. Those, those were frightening. <laughs> Metcon. If there was another Metcon, would you guys, uh, be interested in going, hanging out? Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. yeah. I, I'll tell you something. I love Battletech fans. Yeah. I really do. I, I love Metcon. 
I looked forward every year to going to Metcon. I think Battletech fans are awesome. And, uh, and no, I'd definitely hang. Kidding? Gotcha. All Absolutely. Right. One last question. All right. One last question. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite whiskey? Probably uh, right now, Michter's Bourbon. M-I-C-H-T-E-R-S. Michter's. Look it up. All right. Will do. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, thank you for your time. And, yeah, uh, pleasure talking to you. Nice seeing I'll, you again. Yeah, I'll have all of your, your social stuff down below in the videos so people can find yeah. you and HBS as well. Yeah. I look forward to talking to you in the near future about, yeah. again, the things. It's just nice to talk about Battletech again. I had a lot of fun, so thanks for having me on. I no appreciate problem. it. Thank you, and right. I, I will talk to you later. Thank you. All right. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. Did you enjoy this podcast with Mitch? Man, that was fantastic. Again, being able to ask those questions to him directly, uh, it's something that's been in the back of my mind for literally years because I, I had no idea how he got involved with, uh, at the time, Mech Commander and Battletech and his relationship with Jordan. So that was fantastic. If you found this just as equally as fantastic, smash that like button right now. If you are new here and you like this kind of thing, these podcasts, these videos, these interviews, and our stream, which I stream Monday through Friday at twitch.tv forward slash NGNGTV, 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. If you like this thing, make sure to click that subscriber button, that little bell notification if you wanna know when a new video goes live. More often than not, though, make sure to join us on Discord. I'll have all of the links down below. Discord's a great way to interact with the community that we have here to talk about stuff, uh, whether it's Battletech, Mech Warrior, uh, Catalyst Game Labs, uh, Piranha Games, so forth and so on. So make sure to check out all those links. And of course, this podcast is supported by you, the viewer, the listener. Literally, guys, I'm the only one here. This is my full-time gig. This is my full-time job. This is my career. And I just want to say thank you again for all of you guys for supporting, listening, liking, comment, all of that stuff. It's fantastic. If you guys want to support, consider becoming one of my Twitch subscribers. Uh, Of course, just to let you guys know, uh, I get half of that $5 tier one sub. So just so you sort of guys know the rates out there, I get 60% of the tier two and I get 70% of the tier three sub on Twitch. But more importantly, I just want to stress how important it is. If you guys like this, uh, what is my content worth to you? If you find this informative, if, if you have the ability, consider also becoming uh, one of my patrons. Uh, maybe you want to sponsor a uh, podcast or maybe you just want to uh, just support me every single month for what I do here. Consider becoming a patron. Again, the, cup of, uh, the cost of a cup of coffee goes a long way. And this is, again, my full-time thing, uh, being able to put food and electricity and all that uh, in my household. Uh, or, you know, yeah, so just want to say thank you. Uh, if you're going to be doing uh, any shopping on Amazon, I have an associate link. If you're wondering what that is, basically, when you click through it uh, and buy stuff, I get kickbacks. I'll have a few, uh, of course, uh, links down below, but it's down there as well. And if you guys uh, use that affiliate uh, associate link for that last uh, novel as well, I get kick kickbacks when you guys buy stuff. So consider that. No pressure. If you're not able to, never apologize. Just, just want to make that clear. Uh, just want to say thank you again for hanging out. Quick shout out to my subscribers, my viewers, my patrons. You guys are awesome again. And I hope you found this a podcast informative, uh, interesting, fun. And uh, for me, again, I look forward to doing that again. Um, we've got some more guests coming up very, very soon. So make sure to stay uh, tuned on Discord for more information. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. Signing off for tonight. This is Phil. 
Until next time, mech warriors.